0: Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission.
1: To help you ditch the feast famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely
0: making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands.
1: Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now.
0: Today, we have a coaching call with Joseph, a digital nomad working in Mexico. Joseph is building his WordPress development company on the side of his day job with dreams of becoming a full-time entrepreneur. But there's one major thing standing in Joseph's way. As you'll hear him explain during the show, Joseph is charging what he calls employee prices, which just doesn't give him enough cash flow to scale. Clay and I are up to the challenge as we spend the full second half of the episode tackling the question, how do I raise my prices? Here's a hint. It's all about demand and value. If you don't have those dialed in, you'll never be able to raise your prices. If you've wanted to raise your rates for a long time, but you're unsure how to do it, then this episode is for you. We'll get started right after this quick message from our sponsors. and restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. Uh, I'm Preston Lee with Milo.co and joined, as always, by my friend Clay Mosley from GetDrippify.com. Hey, Clay, how you doing, bud?
1: Hey, good. How you doing?
0: Good, man. Really excited to have you here, as always. And joining us is our friend Joseph. We just got to know a little bit before we hit record. Hey, Joseph, welcome to the show. Thanks for
2: having me. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Joseph, you're calling us from uh, Mexico.
2: Yep. I'm in Hermosillo. So um, to give you a visual point, it's like, it's about three uh, three and a half hours south of Tucson, Arizona.
0: Okay, there you go. Good. And uh, how long have you been living there? I've been in Mexico for about 15 years. Living Love as it.
2: the digital, digital nomad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it must be beautiful down there. Tell us a little bit about your business, then, Joseph. Uh, What kind of work are you doing? Uh, Who are your clients? Just tell us maybe about your day-to-day.
2: Sure. Um, So I'm a software developer. Uh, I mostly do React and full-stack development, uh, mobile development. And I have a full-time job, but I have a part-time that I've always kind of had something on the side. And I work with um, like companies like CNET or One Ocean Yachts, and these are luxury brands. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what I do. So I have a Slack yeah. room where I kind of just communicate with them, and I have a I have a partner
0: who's a designer, and
2: we just we just work on what we can.
0: So those are the clients that you work for as a as a freelancer on the side, or or uh, with your day job.
2: Yeah, freelancer. I work on the side. For my day job, I work for um, FinSpark. So we are a platform that allows you to create video landing pages.
1: Okay, well, oh, that's cool. So, how does that relate to? Does it is it completely different? Like your job role? Uh, in your yeah, Are
0: you doing development I'm, there? I'm doing development there. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool, cool. okay, okay, cool. So, so. Uh, What's the like? Do you have a long term plan for taking the business full time, or do you wanna do you wanna keep it as a side hustle? Which there's nothing wrong with that. Tell us kind of where your mind is in in terms of uh, you know side hustle versus full time entrepreneur.
2: Sure. So in my past life, I was doing conversion rate optimization and some PPC and okay SEO, um, but I've migrated to. Um, to development and I had to get experience somewhere, right? I had to get experience not only just yeah, going sure. through through like free code camp, et cetera. I had to get experience. So that's kind of like what I've been working on is getting the experience and building my clients and just establishing myself as like someone that I can do the work. Um
0: yeah yeah, I love that. You know, I I love that you brought that up because um Some of us can be super awesome, like Clay, and uh, do a bunch of stuff that doesn't really relate to (laughs) what we ultimately build a business in, but but a lot of us need that experience of like going and maybe being mentored by people, getting real-world experience, and I think that really can pay off uh, later on when you go to start your own business. You learn things about business and about the craft itself that would have taken years to learn on your own. Instead, you learn them in a few months. Working with someone who's been doing it for a long time, or with a company who really understands the problems you're solving. So, you know, I, I think sometimes we frown on like quote unquote getting a job, like it's this like it's this bad or scary thing, and really it can be a, a really great stepping stone in an entrepreneur's journey. Is getting a job where you can be mentored, where you can learn, and then then the goal is just or the idea is just to not not be captured by the golden handcuffs, right? Not don't start climbing the ladder so furiously that you then get stuck there and. 30 years down the road, you go, wait, wasn't I going to start a business or something?
2: (laughs) No, I've been living in Mexico for, um, for a long time. So I've, I've had to figure out how to make money on the internet. Yeah. And I mean, I don't live bad, but I don't live like, I I still live like an employee living in the U S you know, that's kind of like where, um, where I kind of need to improve.
0: I see. Cool. Well, tell us a little bit more about the work that you do for your clients. You, you mentioned a couple of clients, but but I'm curious, like, uh, you know, what, what are the actual services that you're providing?
2: Sure. So, I build the WordPress sites. Um, uh, I've I've originally I was working for another designer, and a lot of my customers are agencies or designers, and unfortunately, last year. Um, one of my clients passed away um, in an airplane accident. And oh mm. and, I, and I just was like reaching out to him like, hey, what's going on? And nothing, uh, he wasn't replying. And then I just Googled his name and I found out. So I reached out to all of his clients and said, hey, I have your website. It's okay. Like I can transfer it to you. And I just, because they had no idea that I even existed. Um, so I kind of took over his customers and really what I've provided is I just WordPress development, um, theme development, uh, and plugin development. So that's what I do. And then I tried to fill the gap because Tyrone was a designer as I brought on a friend and I said, Hey, you know what? I have these requests that are coming in. And so let's see what we can do.
0: Got it. Okay, so you're mostly you're mostly designing, building, and maintaining WordPress sites for clients. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. Perfect. Well, we know a thing or two about that, don't we, Clay? I think we'll be able to help him out today.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know a little bit. A little bit. A little bit.
0: Yeah, Clay and I have been uh, dabbling in web design and WordPress for I don't know too long, probably, but. Um... <laughs> building businesses around it. And so we know a thing or two. We're happy to share as much as we can today. By the way, if you're listening uh, to this coaching call with Joseph, we're about to kick off and really dive deep into some of the hurdles that he's facing. If you're listening to this call and you're thinking, uh, man, that'd be fun to jump on a conversation with Clay and Preston, uh, talk about my business, maybe overcome some hurdles I'm facing. We'd love to help you. Uh, All you have to do, it's completely free. Uh, Just let us air air the conversation on our podcast here. Um, you just visit freelance2founder.com. And there's at the bottom of the page, there's like a little questionnaire you fill out. Joseph filled it out. Um, and then we book a time on our calendar and we chat about your business. And we hopefully uh, help you overcome some of the issues that you're facing that are that are holding you back from maybe scaling your business and and growing it to a little bit bigger. Joseph uh filled out that questionnaire. Uh, and on it, as listeners of the show will know there's there's a couple questions asking about where you're at now and where you want to be in six or twelve months. And uh, and Joseph, we asked you on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a freelancer, 10 being a founder, where you currently rank yourself. And on that scale, you said that you were currently at a 2, uh, but that in 6 or 12 months, you'd like to be at a 7, so much closer to a founder, maybe running your business full time or, uh, or maybe at least just having more, more people on your team, more processes, that kind of thing. Why don't you paint a picture for us, Joseph, what uh, in 6 or 12 months, what does... A seven look like for you and your business. How do you kind of picture that?
2: I would like to be full time um, and I would like Oriol to be full time and I would like to have like like uh, at least two projects in on a calendar that are going to be that are still kind of in the pipeline. so there would be some onboarding for a customer um, where we' take in some information and Oreo can work on uh, some of the design directly with, with the clients. And then I would have a pipeline of work coming in. Uh, that, that, would be, that would be awesome.
0: Yeah, I love that. Okay, so maybe the same size of team you got now, but maybe do, putting in a few more hours, getting some more consistent clients uh, and a pipeline going so you can just kind of churn through the work. Yep. Cool, I love it. Love it. What, what kind of hurdles are you facing then? How can we help you get to that point? I think that's very achievable uh, from, from where it sounds like you're at now. I don't think it would be that hard to get there. Um, so how can we help you? Six, 12 months from now, how can we help you get to a seven?
2: Hmm. How? So I guess where I've identified myself as a, a two and a seven because I work with uh, really smart people and. Uh, and, and, and we have all of these processes and um, sprints and having all that. But that's a lot of extra work. How, how should I go about... Like, What would be the first steps to building process? I don't even know exactly what do I need to do in order to get there.
1: Well, what, what, are, what are the things that you're struggling with? Just like right off the top of your head that you know that you struggle Sure. So just availability. So,
2: like, I have one customer who says, Hey, can I have this done today? And I'm like, Okay, well, Mm, Oreo, can mm -hmm. you do this? Or can I do it? Or, Hey, I can do it tomorrow. But it's kind of like, I kind of feel like I'm not kind of uh, like a professional. I'm just someone that can just say, Hey, throw this to me and, 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 and do it when I tell you
1: to do it. You get a lot of those? I have one of those. Just one of them. Okay. So is that is that one client is it uh is it a one of your bigger playing clients or is it or is it not? Mm. So it they do pay well,
2: but I want to charge for them more. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean it's
1: consistent work. Yeah. Uh okay, consistent work. Okay. So so um in that aspect, uh, we've all had those, right, Preston? Like, yeah, one hundred percent. Where, still have are, them sometimes, unfortunately, <laughs> oh yeah, every it's a never-ending thing. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter how many things you put in place, you will always come across those clients. Just, just fair warning um, to me. But to me, it's it's all about. Uh, it's, I think it's all about two things. One is minimizing how many of those clients slip through the cracks. Um, Right from the beginning, and two, how long you put up with it, basically. Um, so, like, if it's not, if it's not an on, if, if you don't get a lot of clients that are that way, I'll just go ahead and mention this just because of the listeners. Um, it, it's, a, it's a total pre qualification type thing. Um, so, if you ask the right questions, um, you know, depending on who your target audience is, your ideal client, uh, if you ask the right questions and you pre qualify, and make sure that they are going to be a good fit and make sure that they will treat you like a like an expert and a professional because they are hiring you because they don't know what you know versus an employee, right? They, they treat you like an employee. Um, pre-qualifying them on the front end will help uh, filter those people out. But since you only have one um, where... And, and that's the issue is that you have one and, and the other issue is they pay you consistently. Um, that... I don't know. Like, Preston might have a different response, but I think I think just having a very direct, transparent conversation with this particular client about how about expectations and how you work, um, and I think they, I think a business owner, a good one, will totally respect it. If they don't, then honestly, that you don't need to be working with them anyway, in my opinion. Um, and so, I think just having a transparent conversation about that. And whether or not you want to limit the num- the 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 things you do for them, or a realistic timeline. Like I hate those clients that say, "Hey, I need this done now." Um, so I'll re- uh, talk to them about a realistic timeline, things like that. Uh, just basically boundaries and how you work. I think I think they will respect it. I think you'll be surprised um, by the response that they they will have. But I don't know, Preston. What do you think? Yeah, I think those are some
0: good thoughts. Um, A couple things that come to mind, you know, on the whole like uh, treating, having clients treat you like an agency as opposed to an employee. We had a really great conversation with um, Matt Essam, who's a freelance coach. Uh, Sorry, he actually coaches freelancers. I'll link to that episode and be sure to send it to you, Joseph, after we hang up here. But um, a great conversation on how to get your clients to treat you more like an agency or more like a professional, more like a company instead of like a singular person or an employee. So that that was really helpful. Um the other thing that comes to mind is an article that we published on Milo uh a while ago which again I'll link up and I'll send to you Joseph, but the 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 essence of it was um why this particular freelancer actually welcomes high maintenance clients, needy clients like this who are always sending you requests because what he did I'm, I'm trying to remember who it even was. I'll, I'll be sure to, like I said, link it up, and you can investigate yourselves, listeners. But um, what what he ended up doing was then building a, a business model around these high maintenance clients. And so it was like, yes, I can do this today, but it costs you, you know, three hundred dollars a month to send me requests that you need done within twenty four or forty eight business hours. Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. he had enough of these like high maintenance clients. That it made sense for him to charge them a monthly fee. They were more than happy to pay it because then they could just send them whatever they needed, whenever they needed it. And then some were more high maintenance than others, but he was able to then build a nice recurring revenue business um, out of these high maintenance clients. And having dabbled in that a bit myself, you know, I started a WordPress maintenance company as kind of an experiment, ultimately sold it. But um, you know, I was able to hire like some WordPress developers who just had their emails open throughout the day I paid them for every ticket that came through that they handled um, and it was a great system you could set up something like that for some nice recurring revenue that's uh, pretty hands-offish for you like create a ticketing system so they don't email you or call you instead they submit a ticket and then it goes to some subcontractors maybe that you find or even if it goes into your system uh, then they at least just you know you need to set a timetable and kind of manage expectations that way. But there's, there's a potential there for a business model. So I think, you know, if you're okay with that kind of work, that uh, I need it right now kind of work, then you, then you can build a business around it. If you would prefer not to do that, I think there's plenty of other fish in the sea uh, that will, you know, respect your time a little bit more. So I don't know, those are my thoughts. What's resonating, Joseph, with you? Are we, are we saying anything that's, uh, that's making sense over there? Yeah,
2: it's definitely making sense, though.
0: I, I guess the kind of customers that I would
2: like to target would be one, "Hey, can you build this for me?" And like just more of just like uh, uh like building out products as opposed to just managing wordpress sites okay, so I mean, you don't want to be
0: you don't want to be in the updates and maintenance business you want to be in the like creation ideation yeah. uh problem solving business
1: yep okay that makes yep. sense and, so and you, you're,
0: like, oh sorry go ahead i
1: was just going to say so you're more of like hey let me let me build this project and then once it's done you just kind of wipe your hands clean of it is that kind of the...
2: No, I mean, obviously, like when you're building something, when you're building a product, it's kind of like building a house. You, they, the customers, they don't really know what they want at the end of the day until they see it. So, um, I what I normally do is I just gather requirements and then I kind of draw it out, like, hey, this is how this is gonna work. This is the type of user it is, and, and say, okay, well, you're gonna be able to do this, this, and this, and this, this, and this, and then say is this what you want to do yes okay well it's going to cost you this much money and then from there and then from there i'll pass it on to a a designer and say hey can you um, design this out and they'll say yeah that's fine but then as soon as we get to like the development stage when i'm building it and making everything look pretty then it's like hey well we need this changes and we need that and um you know i can finally do it but when I give them the analogy, like this is out of scope, or this is something else, I can do this for you. Then they, then some of the pushback that I get is like, is more so that, well, that was obvious. You know, I thought that was clear, or um, you know, that's uh, industry standard. Like I'm supposed to become the expert in the industry, um, which I can do, but I kind of don't know how to push back. Harder, without trying to just be also a little flexible if it's easy. But I kind of I want to show value, like hey, I'm doing this extra for you, so you know. But that, but then it's like, when does that stop?
0: Yeah, that's a really Mm -hmm. tough question because you don't want to burn bridges or upset people. Like the last thing you want to be doing is fighting with your clients. That's just that's no fun for anyone. It it makes it so not worth uh, the paycheck. And so, not worth building and growing your own thing. Like it's just not fun to come into work every day and fight with clients. I guess Clay, do you have any thoughts on handling like those requests? Those I, I know you've had some experience in handling those little requests or changes or change orders or out of scope orders that come through. What are your thoughts, man? Uh,
1: you know, this is a good. I don't know. This is a good question. I, I just want to get some clarification about what. What it is that you're wanting, so you 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 get these requirements right, like of what the client wants. You go, you get, you have the designer design it, then you go and build it, right? Then you launch a website, correct? Is that
2: yep. okay? That's and exactly then,
1: correct. and then after that, then what? Just because I, I want to understand this, then after that, if a client needs any kind of updates or maintenance, is that where? How do you respond to that? So
2: normally I just charge per hour. Okay. So I use um, religiously um, toggle, and from there I just mark what I'm doing. And what is, what do you want to be doing? I want to have bigger projects with longer, um, like bigger projects with uh, with more budget where... Oh, okay. yeah So you don't
1: want to deal... You don't, so if I'm hearing this right, you don't want to deal with the really minor things that have to be updated after a project's done. Yeah. I don't,
2: is that I, correct? I don't mind. I don't mind them, but yeah, I would like to have bigger
1: and better things. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally get that. Okay, so um to me, those are... I don't know. I, I think in this industry, this is one of those things, in my opinion, that that you just have to offer. Um, and so, like, you have to offer ongoing maintenance, ongoing care. Um, and, and you get it. You say you don't mind doing it. Um, that's fine. You want to charge hourly, whatever. Um, here's what I would suggest, too, because I also hate doing those updates um, because they're just like these little tiny, annoying things you got to do every single day. Like, I don't like doing them. So, I'm, I'm the same as you. Here's what I would suggest I would suggest hiring a Uh, either a freelancer or hiring someone on your team who handles just these requests. I have somebody on my team who does this, and this is their only sole job. That's it. And I don't have to touch them. However, my clients are happy. They're being taken care of. Um, So therefore, they don't leave me. I get the money, but I pay somebody to do these updates. So I personally don't have to do them. That's my recommendation there.
0: Can I make another suggestion? I think that one's fantastic. And maybe a a spin on that idea is if you don't want to hire someone, which I actually think that's probably the best option. You keep it all kind of in-house under your brand. They come back to you when they need a redesign in two or three years. You stay top of mind. But if you don't want to hire someone, if you don't want to manage those little tasks at all under your ecosystem, if you only want to handle the the design and development of the main site, launch it out there, and then move on to the next one. I think there are ways to do that. Like For example, you could partner with someone else who doesn't want to do the big launches, who likes the small maintenance and the small updates. Um, you can mm-hmm. partner with them and either just refer them, make sure it's someone you trust, and then refer your clients to them once you're finished and hand it off and say, we don't do maintenance, but I know these three people do and they do a great job. Or you could even collaborate with those people and say, um, uh you know we'll send you these clients and you you send us 15% or something every month and you just collect kind of like a finder's fee. Or you could also like collaborate in a way where they send large projects to you because as maintenance people they might have you know clients coming and saying we need a full redesign and they don't want to do that, but they hand that off to you. So it's like a symbiotic relationship, um, mutually beneficial. So I think there are lots of options that way. There's also like the opportunity to to find a company like WP curve or something. Who yeah, specializes in maintenance, and and you could you could you know uh, recommend your clients go to them for maintenance. There might even be some of those programs that have affiliate programs that would pay you on a monthly basis for as long as your client sticks with them as a customer. So I think there are ways that you can get around. Like if you don't want to hire someone necessarily for your team, I think that's a great option. If you don't want to do that, or you're not quite ready for that, and you still don't want to handle the maintenance stuff, I think you could partner with other people who actually enjoy that and are good at that. Uh, and even potentially make a little bit of money by referring your clients to them. So, I don't know, some opportunities there.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, I would like to ask because I have, um, I would say, four um, four agencies that periodically send me work. And those are the best type of customers. And I would say two of them, I actually got them from the Facebook group that you guys have. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, Oh, wow, great.
2: Yeah. Nice. So, how do I find those clients? And then, how how do I charge them more? Because when I say, hey, I charge, you know, $40 an hour, they're like, that's perfect, you know, but how do I go from the hourly rate of like $40 an hour to something that's a lot better for us? Um, Because I would be able to, to move quicker, right? And I'm uh, full-time. But how do I approach? Normally, what I've done by approaching agencies, I just call them and say, Hey, I'm a developer. What's going on? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm in Tucson. Can we meet? I mean, how do you guys uh, work? Do you guys have someone in-house, out-house? Like, how is this working? And yeah. I would just pick up the phone and call. Um, I don't mind that. But, how can I position myself as an ex- like a team extension, like, hey, you know Joseph works with us, he has a company, and he's going to handle all of the development work, but and all of the design work if they if if they needed to. How could I position myself as like someone that they can go to
0: without
2: being cheap? Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure, okay, so uh, there's a lot to unpack here. Let me see if I can just break it down and make sure I'm hearing what you're hearing. So first of all, if people want to check out the Facebook group that Joseph is talking about, you can visit millo.co slash mastermind, M-I-L-L-O dot C-O slash mastermind. It's a free Facebook group. There's like almost 10,000 of us, I think, in there, um, constantly like exchanging jobs and just um, talking about the issues we're facing and problem solving. It's a great group. Um, So what I'm hearing, Joseph, is like your question is, I charge employee rates, right? But uh, so how can I charge more and still be a part of the team? And I think uh, for me, before we dive in, like part, part of the issue is you're wanting to be in, in an employee situation. You want to be treated almost like an employee. Uh, no. But you don't want the employee pay. No?
2: No, I don't, I don't want to be an employee. I just want them to... It seems to me that... He wants to get paid, paid more. Of, yeah, I just want to get paid more. Yeah, at the end yeah, of the day, i want to get paid more. And I still want to kind of be like a partner that they yeah, will yeah. go
0: to. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. So I think, I think referring back to that episode that I mentioned before, and again, we'll link that up in the show notes. Uh, I'm sure Clay has some thoughts on this. I have some more ideas. Before we do that, we're going to take a quick break for a short message from our sponsors. And then we'll be back to talk about... Um, Yeah, how to raise your prices, how to work with agencies and charge more. Uh, And I think pricing in general, that'll be a good conversation to have for the remainder of the episode is just talking about how to get your pricing in the right place. So we'll be right back in just a couple minutes. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates, so easy in fact, You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try HYDRO, that's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the HYDRO rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. HYDRO can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because HYDRO That's h y d r o dot com and promo code freelance to save four hundred dollars. Hydro dot com promo code freelance, or just click the link in our show description. Hello and welcome back to Freelance to Founder. I'm on the air today with my friend Clay Mosley from Get Dripify. I'm Preston Lee from Millo.co Co. And on the air with us today as our guest uh, for his coaching call is Joseph, uh, who's calling us from Mexico, talking about his. WordPress development company and the question posed right before the break was, uh, "How do I charge more working with agencies? How do I get my prices up and get paid more?" Clay, have you had any thoughts while we've had a short break?
1: Yeah i i I think there's I think there's a, a one main way to do this. Um, I, I I'm going to disclose this by saying I have never, like me as a web developer, I've never worked with other agencies, so. I'm just saying this from an, from an actual agency perspective, not as a freelancer perspective. This is something I would hire out for and pay more money for. So just giving a little bit of context there. Um, I think what you need to do is, I think you need to uh, hone down your skill set that's very specialized, um, where there's not a ton of people that know how to do what you do. And so what I mean by that is, there's a ton of WordPress developers out there, like a lot of them. So with agencies, that's really easy for them to hire in-house, hire a full time salaried employee. Um, it's also easy for them to go to like upwork or whatever to find a WordPress developer. However, what's not as um, what's not as uh, easy is finding someone who let's say specializes in membership development right somebody wanted to build out an online membership platform on WordPress like there's not in my opinion like that's a, that's a that's a much much smaller group and so or if if uh, maybe you specialize in building out completely like complete e- e-commerce uh, solutions or something like yeah there's other people that do that but that group is so much smaller than just WordPress developers. Um, so I think if you can figure out how to um, provide some sort of specialized skill that agencies wouldn't typically just hire a full-time person, I think at that point, you're, not only are you going to find more business, but you are going to 100% be able to charge whatever you want because there wouldn't be a whole lot of people out there that know how to do it. Interesting. So, the way
2: that I've kind of positioned myself is I don't build things with, um, you know, these editors that people use. They use these mm-hmm. bloated themes. Pivot or I, Elementor yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Those sure. are streams. Yeah, I, I use Roots. So, that kind of gives you a modern development um, environment. Um, and I just build everything with advanced custom fields and very lean. I don't have a lot of plugins. Um, And I just use the right tools for the job. And I don't always reach for something heavy when it's simple to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I try to perform just like, it's going to be something that is going to be fast. And I would say I'm a fast developer. um, So I try to say I'm faster than other people. But I... I think that actually
1: hurts you, in my opinion.
2: I I think... that was where I was going to go. I I don't know how to, I don't know what to say really. Like, so, how can I leverage myself? Like, hey, I'm not just your you know, twenty dollars an hour WordPress developer. Yeah. I, I build production ready sites that can receive a lot of traffic. So,
1: yeah, I I I don't know. Preston might have some different opinions on this, but the whole the whole like fast, um, I think that with some people might hurt you. It may not with others because there's a lot of people I, I, I think the people that want it want things done super quick, like today, I mean, think about that from your client. So go back to the beginning of this episode of us talking about your client who wants things done now. Think about how you feel about that person. And so like, I don't know, like my mindset is okay, that client's a pain in the ass. Um and so if if you're if the agencies Want to hire you because you're fast. Now, I want you to take this mindset again. How do you think that age, like, how do you think you are going to feel about your relationship with that agency? Then they're automatically going to think you can get this done now. And also, the issue with that too is if you can get things done fast, there is a kind of a fair assumption that you are not busy. And if you are not busy, that means you do not have very many clients and therefore you are cheap. I think that
0: that gets to the heart of the mm -hmm. problem. It's basic economics, right? If if you're in demand, you can charge more. If you're Mm -hmm. not in demand, you can't. And so everything that Clay has said so far, it's like uh, if you have a specialty that not that many other developers relatively have, then you are in a higher demand, and you can charge higher prices. If you have a more full schedule because you have more clients and you can't do it as quickly, then you appear to be, even if you're not, in more in more demand, and therefore you can charge mm-hmm. higher prices. Like it's all about it's all about scarcity and demand as a almost as a marketing tactic. uh it, as, as For step sure. one, I think in, in raising your prices. Sorry, interrupt. No, keep going.
1: Oh no, no, it's it's good. Like I. Even if I could, like, if somebody were to approach me, um, and let's just say my my plate is not full, like I could completely get a website done within like a week, right? That's a super short timeline for me. Um, I would say no, it's going to be sixty days, like because, and that's just what I tell everybody. And so whenever whenever people say sixty days, oh man, like you must be good because you that means your project uh, queue must be full. And therefore, like if, if the people are willing to wait, they're willing to pay. So I want you to think about that phrase. Hmm. If they're willing to wait, they are willing to pay. So that, that's my take on that. I, I, if I were you going forward from this point going forward, that would not be a selling point for me. I would, I would quit saying, hey, you're fast. Like Don't do that. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I think that hurts you more than it helps you.
0: Yeah. Especially in the WordPress space, like for me, if I hear a WordPress developer say, "Oh, I can do that really fa- fast," then I'm like, "Oh, great! You're gonna, you know, bog down my site with plugins or sloppy code or something." Like, I want someone who's gonna take their time and do it right and do it well. A uh, Luxury developer, as opposed to like a fast food developer.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. I I, I want to touch on the point too about the fact that you say you use clean code, you don't use plugins, you don't use. Uh, visual builders and things like that. Those are, like, those are all great. Those are all benefits. Um, I think you just need to word it a different way. I think what you need to do is... This is, this is just good old-fashioned sales and copywriting. Um, instead of saying, Hey, I write clean code. Um, I don't use a ton of plugins, blah, 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 blah. What I would say is... Uh, I would say I build websites that are lightning fast. Right? Yeah and page, you got there page speed fast. I noticed
0: yeah. I noticed that too. Like you got there eventually, Joseph, but I but you led with I do this, I do that. Instead, lead with when you hire me, you get a super fast website. My websites mm-hmm. rank 90 or higher in Google page speed, or you know, like some real concrete stuff. Uh or my my websites rank higher in Google because they're fast and Google cares about speed right now. Mm-hmm. Like Focus on what the client wants out of the website, other than clean code. Clean code is like the how that of where you of getting to where the client yeah. wants
1: to be. Yeah, you need to talk about the why, right? Mm-hmm. You need to talk about the why because, like, you can talk about clean code all day long with these agencies, and I would even argue some of these agencies don't even freaking know what what you're even talking oh, yeah. about if you talk about jargon. Um, but the way you need to talk to these agencies is the same way you you need to talk about. To the end user, the end client. They don't know anything about code. They don't know what React is. They don't know, like they don't know what any of that stuff is. And so you you need to talk, but they know what a fast website is, right? So that I would change my wording there. I would one, one, change your wording on that. Uh two, um, stop telling people that you can build things quickly.
0: Yeah, so so I think I think for me, it's like the first step is Generate that demand in, in the various ways we've talked about. We don't need to beat a dead horse there, but like make yourself seem in demand. That'll make it a lot easier to raise your prices. And then uh, you can raise your prices also by explaining the value that you bring to your client as opposed to the, the tactics that you use or the, the you know, clean code, like the day-to-day things that you do. What's the value of... Then you can switch to value-based pricing. What your clients are actually paying for now is ranking page one of Google or uh you know over 90 page speed uh in Google Insights, or or they're paying for they that's what they're paying for. And they're willing to pay double, you know, for or triple or quadruple for a page that ranks number one on Google than they are to just pay for a page that looks nice or has clean code. You know what I'm saying? And so you have to really mm-hmm. dial in on like what do the clients want? And then how can I talk about my services that way so that I can charge more money? Those two things alone, I think, would allow you to go from a $40 an hour rate to, I mean, hundreds of dollars an hour uh in, in some depending on, you know, depending on the industry, the location, the client, but you could at least go to a hundred dollars an hour. 150, $200, 250 is not unheard of in your space.
2: Okay so it's really just on how i sell myself um yeah and, and 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 that's and that's okay i i can definitely change that for sure so i'm just thinking about what that would yeah
0: and then when i, I tell people I, i'm in, okay go ahead sorry no go ahead joseph no please go ahead please well i just i have to admit um I I still like feel like there's a bit of a discrepancy between tell tell me tell me more about the relationship between you and an agency like what's the ideal scenario and what does the current scenario look like because to me it still feels like it's going to be hard if you're if you're even if even if you're you know a separate company or they treat you as a separate company it still feels like if they're hiring you out they want to hire you for as little as possible because that increases their profit margins right because if they pay you forty five dollars an hour and they turn around and charge their client one hundred and fifty dollars an hour, then that looks really great on their books. And so, I, I guess, like, I'm I'm seeing a bit of a discrepancy here between the kind of client that you want and then the kind of prices that you want to charge. So, walk me through what an ideal agency scenario maybe looks like.
2: Hmm. I. That's what I was afraid of. I was afraid that how can I because. I like that agencies they find the leads and they have Yeah, the, for sure. They have the customers and they have yeah. they they can bring everything to me. Um and two of those agencies, I just work directly with the the developer that's on their team, like with the co-founder or whatever, and he also has a designer and they seem to have a really good stream of customers. Um and that's why I was like, okay, well, I need to partner with a designer and I need to be able to do what he does. Like, I need to be able to do translate design to code. Um, good. I got really good at that. So I, I, I guess the reason why I want to go after the designers because I'm able to identify that agencies, they seem to have more leads, or at least the ones that I've worked with. So that's kind of why I wanted to focus on Targeting agencies because I don't have to sell myself to a customer.
0: Yeah, yeah. You no, still, I you totally still have get to the sell-
2: appeal. Yeah, it's not to sell myself to a customer, but I, I don't have to sell yeah. myself to to like pick up the phone and call uh, call like the local market or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Totally, totally makes sense for sure. Um, uh, so so going back to Preston's question. W- What's that dynamic look like? Like, how how do you... What is the... Sure.
2: Yeah, just go over that. Sure. So basically, um, hey, we have this project. Are you available to take it? Yeah, sure. I can take it. I can't say, hey, two months from now because then it's like, okay, well, we're going to find someone else. So I guess it's also probably how I position myself with, yeah. with them initially. So my how would i establish that with new agencies that i reach out
1: to i i think this i think this goes back to what i was saying is you can either do one or of two things or both if you can either having a specialized skill right that that not very many people know how to do um that might take some time if you don't currently have that um but two again this goes just i mean we're kind of beating the dead horse but um, if you position yourself and you make yourself known uh, uh, the fact that like okay your websites are are have really really fast page speed um, then what what's gonna happen it's, this doesn't happen overnight um, but what's gonna happen is that as you start talking to these agencies, I think they're gonna realize that okay your websites are actually lightning fast and um, so therefore we are going to keep using you and and the what their their mindset is going to be uh hey can you do this and then it, it doesn't matter if you say 30 days or whatever i think that i think you're going to they're going to get to the point where they only want to use you and they're not even going to consider anybody else if you're that good at it right um but you got to You got to use. You do have to use the right words. I mean, it's like, uh, it's all. It's again. It's easy for an agency to go find a freelancer who can do something, but it's all about positioning. It's all about using the uh, positioning your service and and using the right words on on what makes your what makes you stand out versus other people, and so. I don't know. Preston might have something different here to say. I, I know I f- I feel like I'm repeating the same thing though. <laughs> Sorry.
0: No, I think it's the right it's the right way to be thinking. That's why we keep repeating it because it makes sense. Um I, I think I'm gonna if I can, I think, you know, unfortunately we're running a bit short on time here. I'm gonna I'm gonna end uh with maybe some really good news and then maybe some really tough truth, if that's okay. Uh Please. Joseph. So The good news is, I think you should try all the things we've talked about today. We also might be overcomplicating it, right? So you might be able to just go to your client and say, uh, just so you know, we're going from $40 an hour to $65 an hour or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. you can just say, you know, we're raising our rates this year. We'd love to keep you as a client. And if they push back, then maybe negotiate, but you'll still come out, you know, higher in your hourly rate than you're currently at. And then you can do that every year or two and that's just kind of how business works and people expect it. And if you have pushback, like if you have a huge client that brings you, you know, six figures a year and they push back real hard, then just say, you know, I'd, I'd love to grandfather you at the rate for one more year and then we'll have to talk about it or something. Like there are ways around it. Um, the worst they can say is like, we can't afford it. And then you'll say, well, let's talk about it. Let's figure out something we can do. Maybe we can reduce the scope. Maybe we can whatever. So um, I, I think we may be overcomplicating it just a little bit. In some instances, this is particularly true of new clients. So as you get new clients, keep experimenting with the rate. You know, I had, so I recorded a, a year-long podcast with a friend of mine, Andy. Uh, and we talked all about his freelancing journey from quitting his job to starting freelancing, to growing a business. It was the whole first year of it. And he raised his rates. Like every new client he got, he raised, I think he doubled his rates or something. Cause he heard this thing about double your rates until you can't anymore. And he just kept doubling, doubling, doubling. And it it took like six times of doubling his rates before he got enough pushback that he stopped. So like every time you get a new client, raise your rates. And when you start to get pushback, yeah. back down a little bit, and that's your sweet spot. Right before there's a lot of pushback,
1: that's the sweet spot for your rates. Yep, yep. It it, it needs to be uh, if a bunch of people are signing up, at no problem. <laughs> like, yep. with no with no problem yep. of you selling it, you're too low. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Right, here, here. One, one last thing. I, I know we got to we kind of, kind of close things off on on your. On your, if you want to raise your rates on your current clients, I think you just need to, and there's, we can do a whole episode on this, but I just want to mention this. You need to explain it in a way that makes it sound like they're getting something better. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Don't just say, this is just my opinion, don't just say, hey, we're raising our rates.
0: Yeah. And you can't say, like, we have to cover more overhead or whatever. That won't work either. It's no. like in order to give you a better experience, here's what we've done to make your service better. And in in, you know, coordination with that improvement where we'll be raising our rates starting on such and such a mm-hmm. date. Um, okay. yeah, yep. people have to see why, right? Uh, but that's for existing clients. New clients don't have to know that the last client got a better deal than they are.
1: Right. Uh yeah.
0: you just okay. you just keep raising that one until people push back. And here's the hard truth I wanted to end with, and that is this. Uh I think partnering with an agency is a is a brilliant idea. I know lots of people who it works very, very well for them, and I think you should continue to pursue that if that's the line you want to pursue. However, some of the things that you were saying like, were red flags for me. For example, uh, you said, like, "Well, they get all the leads, and I really like not having to find the leads." And yes, that's true. Those are the same reasons that people get a job and stay in a job and work for someone else. Yeah, no too. That's so right? true. And so you have to be careful in saying, like, well, it's easier this way. But I also want to charge the premium prices. Because sometimes the reason you can charge the premium price is because you've got the whole thing in your ecosystem. And sometimes when you're actually part of someone else's bigger ecosystem, then you have to just be okay with taking the lower rates. Um, you know, It's hard to charge agency rates when you're a, a, a contracted team member of someone else's team. And so I think... As long as you keep it in perspective, like you'll be fine. But it's important to remember that that's the difference between being an employee or being a a contractor versus being like a founder running a full business, a full company with with employees. Like it's fine to be a freelancer, there's nothing wrong with that. We love freelancers, but um, freelancers can charge less than founders can charge. You know what I mean? So it's important to keep that in mind.
1: Yeah. I'll add to that. Uh, from my experience, the people that are able to charge really high premium are the ones that know how to sell. Yeah, straight mm-hmm. up. Like, and it doesn't have to be you. Like, if it's somebody else on your team, or if you want to bring on a partner that knows how to do that, that's fine. And you do the work. But like, if you <laughs> just on top of what Preston just said, if you just straight up want to do the work and you don't want any, you don't want anything to do with getting leads or or business. Um, okay, that's fine. just find somebody else to do it um, who's on your team, but if you if you're uh, if otherwise if you're not, um, it's really hard. it is really hard to charge a premium if you just if you don't know how to do that side of the business that's that's a very that's a thing that a lot of people when they go in the business for themselves that they don't understand is yeah. that you gotta sell you have to otherwise you have no you have no business so Thank you so much for um your
2: time today. I just would like to ask one more question. Please how do. do I how do I how do I get over location? So when they hear that I'm in Mexico, then it's like then I do get a little bit of pushback. How do I okay. how should what, I position what's location? What's the pushback?
0: Like yeah, what what do they say?
2: Oh wow. So uh, one time I had this one customer um, in Canada and he really wanted to work with me. And then they're like, oh no, they have different laws in Mexico. So if you go and you take our code or you do something, you know, like it's gonna be harder to uh to, to 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 protect themselves against anything that happened, right? So they just feel like maybe Mexico is um like it'd be harder to pursue any sort of legal responsibilities or legal things. Okay. That's like one and then like Another thing is just, I don't know, they're just like, I've had someone hang up the phone when I told them I'm in Mexico. So, I don't know. It's kind of weird.
1: Okay. I think it's an easy thing. Go my for it, yeah. opinion. I I, I, think, I, think, uh, I think a lot of it is in your head. Um, I, I think it's just a mental barrier, uh, the, the fact that you're in Mexico. Um, the other... Okay, and, and even if it's not... Uh here's here's how you get around it. You just say you're you're <laughs> you're doing so well that you're living in Mexico. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. A lot of people a lot of people will 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 say, "Oh, you're in Mexico." Like, great. Like I have a friend who who's in Mexico right now. He's living there. And he's doing extremely well and the way he the way he uh portrays it is that he's doing really well and so that means he can go live wherever he wants. And so that's kind of the way I would <laughs> I okay. would uh yeah. Yeah, and I, for me I,
0: so here's a couple more and then we got to wrap it up unfortunately but um for me it's like first of all do you have to bring it up you know if people ask uh sometimes they're asking yep. about the time zone you could say like uh I'm in mountain time or I'm in central time or wherever it falls uh you know cuz it 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 sounds like the US if it's a if the legal issue comes up all the time uh you know you could form an LLC in the United States uh and say like you know, we're a United States company, we function under United States law, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I, I, I do feel like it is more of a a, a mental barrier, maybe for you, uh, than than really an issue. I hate to dismiss it that way. Because clearly, you've experienced it enough times that it feels like an issue. Um, but I, th- I think there are ways, yeah, around it. Um, if If they hang up, as soon as you say you live in Mexico, like, they weren't they weren't the right kind of client for you anyway. So yeah. um but you know, you could also say I'm currently working in Mexico. So like that that kind of makes it feel like it's less or or we work out of Mexico right now. Like you can kind of frame it so that it doesn't feel like maybe what some of their concerns are, which is like you're a Mexico-based company. Uh there's no like legal ties to the country they're currently in or whatever but honestly like yeah I, that, that feels so strange to me because you know people hire freelancers and agencies from all over the world now uh, so yeah. I don't know does any of that help?
2: No I, I, I really have a lot of things to think about and I'm going to definitely improve and hopefully we can follow up and, 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 and next year and, and I can be closer to a seven.
0: Well, great, man. Thank you so much for taking time to cool, chat yeah. with us today. I, I, this has been a blast. Uh, some new ideas have been uncovered, at least for me. Uh, so I, I think it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for taking time with us today, Joseph.
1: Thanks Thank for coming you. on. All right. Have a good
0: one. Bye. All right, man. See ya. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team
1: at Milo. Visit M-I-L-L-O C-O to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdrippify.com to become a bad A in business.
0: Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced
1: by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelance freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player.
0: While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: That's all for now. Until next time, see ya.